Ian Thorpe is number one. A kickstart for Australia. Gold in a world record. Now it's Donovan Bailey trying to pick up runners. Donovan Bailey is putting on the third. A perfect score, 10.0 for Dante Kamenici, a perfect score. The first time I've never seen it. So in over 100 years, nobody's won as many medals at the Olympic Games in any sport than this great champion, Michael Phelps. Usain Bolt spreading ahead, winning by daylight and setting a world record, 9.68. The wind is okay. Good afternoon, good evening and good night once again from Off The Podium, an Olympics podcast coming to you live and direct from the beautiful future Olympic city of Hobart. Yes, we're still holding out hope that the 2020 bid will be successful even though they've already been awarded to Tokyo. But we are here for episode 4 of Off The Podium, our day 2 recap of the 2016 Rio Olympics, the Games of the 31st Olympic Olympiad, and as of right now, to me, still in the top 31 best Olympics we've ever seen. That joke will not get old, even though I used it only two days ago. My name is <laughs> Ben, and look, we're even getting our co-hosts to laugh at it. We're paying them to do that. Uh, my name is Ben, the future Mr. Brit Elmsley, still um, hoping for that to happen. And I am so excited to be able to talk to you from another day where we've won another gold medal and bronze medals. And uh, speaking of being excited for bronze and gold, it's a man who nearly did make the team for the synchronised diving and could have won a bronze medal but got kicked out because he wasn't a girl. Uh, it's Jared Lubeck from Emu Plains. Jared, welcome back to Off the Podium. It's good to be back. Um, I'm a little bit annoyed that these uh, Olympics are um, kind of screwing up and um, clashing with work. Um, I, for one, think it should be a two-week national holiday. But um, let's hope we win some more gold so that that can get passed through Parliament. I think I think given our current success rate, Jared, it is a good chance that that might make it through Parliament, all right? So we will keep an eye on that. And speaking of making it through Parliament, their current success rate right now, they don't know what to do with themselves because not only did they start off the Olympics with a bronze medal, they've added that and won a silver medal. So you know what that means on day three. They're going to get a gold medal if the current trend continues. Direct from Canada, from the beautiful city of Winnipeg, which I also believe might bid for the Olympics in the future one day, probably more of a chance in Hobart. It's uh, Colin Hilding. Colin, uh, welcome back to Off the Podium and happy silver for Canada. Yeah, we're moving up, and at this rate, if we do win a gold, it's going to have to be Penny Alexiak, because she seems to be our only Olympian that can succeed. Um, <laughs> but uh, to address whether or not Winnipeg can get the Olympics, we held the Pan Am Games twice, so wow. uh, I guess we're already equipped for the Summer Olympics, uh, more than most cities. Well, I believe that we have the Australian Masters Games in Tasmania next year, so um, got to start somewhere. <laughs> It'll be a good we have the run. Little League World Finals in Hobart. <laughs> yes, they're, they're, they're coming up. They're coming up very, very well. Uh, day two, though, uh, we're recording this at the start of day three, but we're uh, just excited to be able to talk about day two. Lots happening uh, all around Rio uh, and also here in Hobart and Winnipeg and Emu Plains. But uh, we start off, of course, just recapping a little bit for our, our nations that we are in, Australia and Canada. For Australia, it was, as I just mentioned, another golden day for 
for us. Catherine Skinner winning the women's trap shooting, becoming our first uh, women's trap shooter to win a gold medal since the legendary Suzanne Ballow won back in Athens. So it's been a long time coming for Australia. And what made it even more perfect is we beat a New Zealander, uh, Natalie Rooney. It was fantastic. So, um, you know, it would have been a very different start to this show had we won a silver in that and lost to a Kiwi. But we also managed to get two bronze medals also on day two. Madison Keeney and Annabelle Smith in the women's three-metre synchro springboard. Uh, great performance there. Diving, knocking off Canada. I thought you guys were meant to be good at that, Colin. And um, oh. <laughs> added to our swimming tally. Uh, unfortunately for the men, we couldn't quite go as gold as the women, but uh, for James Roberts, Cam McAvoy, James Magnuson and Kyle Chalmers and Matthew Abood, of course, uh, swam in the the heats. We got bronze in the 4x100 metres. Uh, Jared, uh, another decent day for Australia. You must have been happy with uh, a couple more medals to add to the tally. We've dropped a third on the medal tally, but who cares? We're, we're still up there. Yeah, well, I mean, top three, um, that's where you want to be. I'm a bit annoyed that we don't have any silver yet. Um, that <laughs> Zero there is, it's frustrating me. Um, so hopefully we can, um, I don't even know if I want another gold. I just want a silver at this moment in time. So maybe somebody who's winning could purposely lose at the last second just to get us that elusive silver. Yes. And I'd be happy with that. The rugby sevens, the pearls, as we've discovered their nickname are, um, they can choke after we beat Canada in the semis. We'll get to that, no doubt. Um, but yeah, I, I was uh, I was up watching the shooting. Um, I don't know if you were up, Jared. It was about 4.30 in the morning that we were watching uh, Catherine shoot for gold. Uh, were you up? Were you awake watching that one? Um, I was not. Ah, right. I uh, mean, that's <laughs> king, disappointing. But, king uh, shooting yeah. fan. Mm. <laughs> it was kind of shooting after all. I'd prefer to sleep. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, well, as we mentioned, of course, uh, your silver there, Colin. Uh, you've already sort of touched on it. Now, how, how's her name pronounced? Penny Olksiak, is it? <laughs> Alexiak. Alexiak. That was my second guess. Um, in the women's 100-meter butterfly, uh, you lost uh, to a Swedish swimmer, but beat an American swimmer. And uh, that's her second medal of the Games, I believe. She was part of your bronze medal winning 4x100 freestyle team. So if my calculations mm-hmm. are correct, she's $30,000 richer by the Canadian Olympic Committee. She is. She came in in the right year. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's also the first time she was eligible to come in. She's only 16. Uh, it, the thing that makes this most impressive is that Canadian swimmers, we might get lucky with maybe one or two medals per Olympics. But as far as uh, female swimmers go, I think she's the first one to win. And, well, we were, as far as the relay goes, that was the first time that female swimmers had won in the Olympics for Canada in 20 years. And at the same time, the first individual medal in 20 years. So this is pretty much groundbreaking. And... The fact that we have a swimmer that's won multiple medals, that's not something that we see all the time, and uh, she still has more events to go, so keep going, Penny Oxlium, or whatever you called her. <laughs> Penny O. Uh... Is, that how, is that how your Australian commentators are? And Penny Oloxamon is winning... <laughs> Silver here today. Yes, Penny, Penny O, uh, that Canadian chick. Um, but, I mean, it's not just, I guess, Canadian swimmers with multiple medals. This is Canadian summer athletes with multiple medals, Colin. What's going on here? I have no idea. Um, we need more 16-year-olds out there. Like, this is the issue we've had this whole time. They keep trying to put mature adults out there. 
and we need some people who are still in high school. Well, it's a good point, actually. 16 years old. Uh, so she was basically born the year of the Sydney Olympics, which makes me incredibly feeling old. And you're older than me, Colin, so I can't imagine what it makes you feel. But um, it's, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, is she, is, was she talked much about before these games? You know, when you have the big preview episode and, oh, we're going to win one bronze medal at these Olympics. Like, was she talked about it finishing, like, in the semifinals or something? Or did she just literally come out of nowhere? It, I, I, I don't think I want to say it's out of nowhere. Um, I, I already mentioned in another episode that there really wasn't a lot of hype for the swimming and i think it was maybe uh everybody was being a little bit modest you know we didn't want to get our hopes up but all of the hype that we did hear was behind her at the same time i don't think anybody was expecting her to medal they're like oh she's the future of our sport here she's the fastest one we have uh i don't remember any predictions of medals as far as it goes in swimming well Uh, the only prediction we really had for meddling in swimming is for one of our male swimmers ryan cochran and that's more because it's his last Olympics. Well, I was going to say, I've heard of him before. Now, he, he's medaled in Olympics before, hasn't he? Or at least done decently? Yeah, in, in the 1500s. Right. So, that's uh, how he's I still know. to yes. come. Of course, 1500. That's what Australia likes to call our event. Um, well, at least Channel 7 does. We haven't won it since 2008, which I guess is only... Right, 2004. Grand Hacker got silver, didn't he, in, in uh, Beijing? What am I talking about, Jared? Come on, I should know this. Um, but uh, we should mention in that event, the women's 100 butterfly gold went to Sweden. The Swedes won their first gold of the Olympics. I didn't know Sweden was good at swimming, but uh, Sarah Sjostrom, yep, she won it. Sjostrom. Sjostrom. I've got Swedish heritage, and I can't even pronounce their names. Um, she won the gold, and Dana Volmer from the USA bronze. I mean, it's pretty. must be pretty decent. You beat an American swimmer there, Colin, so that, that's good. You got that at least. Yeah, and, you know, my family, the the Hilding family is from Sweden, so uh, I was kind of proud to see them win, too. And watching throughout the heats and the semis and everything, I think Sostrom was so far ahead of everybody else, it was obvious she was going to win, too. <laughs> Clearly, Sweden. Um, that was the the race of the Winter Olympic nations, Sweden versus Canada. You know, hey, let's do something decent yeah. in Sweden. <laughs> uh, we had an Aussie in that event, Jared, Emma McKeon. She finished seventh, and I don't know if you saw the footage, but she was uh, quite devastated devastated out of the pool she was basically in tears and uh i think she was actually crying because she got beaten by a canadian i'm not sure jared uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can't imagine dealing with that that would be disappointing i mean she's probably booked into to some uh, therapy yes. sessions as we speak but i mean seventh isn't bad that's that's not last in the final so you save a little bit of face if i, I mean, made an olympic final and, and got seventh i would take that as a win like come on you made an olympic final that's 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 a bonus surely exactly Colin, you nearly made the Seoul Olympics, sort of. So, I mean, you would have taken that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Just thought I would remind people who haven't listened to episode one of Off the Podium. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yes, just, uh, I guess, for our medals, going back to it, I mean... It was kind of a shock, Jared, for Catherine Skinner because it wasn't really talked up too much. We had another shooter in that, Letitia Scanlon, who I think was talked up more. We'll we'll get to her results in in a moment, but... Um, you know, Channel 7 likes to focus on everything else that isn't swimming, uh, well, that is swimming, and then, you know, replay everything over and over again. But uh, this sort of came out of nowhere. Uh, and again, I, I just want to point this out. We beat a New Zealander. Like, New Zealand have won a medal at the Olympics. Like, they're holding national celebrations right now, even though they lost in a shootout, quite literally. Um, but, I mean, this this is just a bit of pride there for us. I mean, we talked about this in Episode 1, Australia versus New Zealand. What a way to stick it up the Kiwi by winning our third gold and beating a New Zealander. 
Exactly. I mean, we beat them in the hockey. Um, arguably, they maybe should have tied that up, but um, we beat them there, and now we've beat them in the shooting. So bring it on. What's next? I have no idea. I mean, just knew how to I'm, shoot. Not, I'm not worried. <laughs> I didn't even know. Oh, Barry, what's that a gun? What do you do with it? Oh, you pull the trigger. Um, but <laughs> apparently they can. Uh, the diving, again, that was also a bit of a shock. We're, we're, we're pretty good at winning bronze medals in oh. diving, though. Yeah, we do have well, a track record. Yeah. Uh, no, go ahead, Jared. <laughs> Colin's incensed. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting ready for this one. <laughs> Oh, he's, 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 I don't even know what's happening now. He's so angry that it's just silenced. (laughs) Okay, I'll, I'll go on this one. Um, I I think I mentioned the day before, this is something that we were pretty much considered a lock for, for, um, a medal this time. Uh, in retrospect, now looking back, I mean, one of our divers, uh, Jennifer Abel, you know, she had medaled in this before. The other one was new to the team. So maybe we shouldn't have been so confident we were going in, but I don't know if either of you watched this event. Uh, it was actually quite funny seeing the Australians because going into the final round of dives, I said to my wife, I said, uh, I think at this point we might be able to get the silver. Uh, I don't think there's any chance of Australia catching us for the bronze. <laughs> and then Australia had pretty much a perfect dive. And I'm like, all right, well, I think we can still hold them off here. And it looked like Canada had a perfect dive on this one. Uh, So much so that when they cut to the Australians, at least on our feed here, they cut to the Australians right after Canada dived, you could see them kind of awkwardly smiling and the look on their face basically said, well, at least we got a free trip out of this. It was nice to come. (laughs) And when they showed the scores, you cut back to Australia and they still look disappointed. And the coaches are grabbing them by the heads, basically. They're like, hey, you won. And they still look like, oh, we gave it our best shot. Like, They had no clue that they won in this one. It was actually kind of a fun moment, uh, even though we lost in this. It was, it was kind of fun to see Australia so surprised that they actually won in that one. What I'm particularly loving, I think, so far at these Olympics is the fact that somehow, somehow, Australia and Canada are building up a little bit of a rivalry in a lot of sports here. You knocked us off in the soccer, we've knocked you off in the dive, and we've got the rugby to come later on today. So is this, is this maybe creating something, because of this podcast, that we're literally just creating this great new rivalry of Australia versus Canada? Uh, I I was going to say, it all starts with us. That's pretty much uh, what sets the bar for the Olympics. So um, we need to be careful what we say and do on this podcast because it could have ramifications that uh, go all throughout Rio. <laughs> Jared, are you eagerly anticipating the Tokyo 2020 showdown between Australia and Canada in um, you know all these sports, particularly sport climbing? I'm very much looking forward to that rivalry. Yeah, I think that'll be a good one. Um, we're obviously the medal favourites for that already. <laughs> Um, and if a Canadian wins, we'll just claim them anyway. I'm sure we'll find some way to say that they have Australian heritage. <laughs> I'm looking at this actually, Colin, now that you're talking about this. Canada did, yeah, finish fourth in this, and we beat you by less than a point. Um, mm. So this is quite incredible, actually, to, to realise how this is this is coming about. So Canada are kind of are a bit are a bit incensed right now because they're so thrilled with the silver. But they're just maybe they're about to launch something against Australia. You took our bronze in the in the diving air, you bastard, bar bastard, bastards. I don't even know how you speak, but whatever. Uh. <laughs> well, I think I I don't want to steal your thunder here, but obviously the Chinese were going to win this right uh, no matter what. <laughs> no. It was their event. 
<laughs> the Chinese have actually set the goal that they want to sweep all eight medals in diving, which I'm actually curious to see if it'll happen here. Uh, but Italy was another one that I really was watching this event, and I was shocked at how well they performed. <laughs> and again, the thing I, I mentioned in a past episode I love about the Olympics is sometimes you can just get, get behind the story of a person. And these two divers, one, it was her third Olympics. The other one it was her fifth Olympics, and they had never medaled before. They are always held out, in, like last time, held out in fourth place just behind Canada. And this time they come come away with the silver. I mean... When you're competing against China, the silver pretty much is the bronze, I guess. Well, I believe if I, I heard it correctly, this is their fourth consecutive time they've won this event, China, which, you know, I mean, if mm-hmm. they're, they're coming into this wanting to sweep the entire field, I mean, I think they're going to do it because it's China. They win everything. So, But I have to laugh, um, the fact that Italy win a medal in diving. Now, fans of soccer will remember, particularly in Australia, the 2006 World Cup, when it was nil all, Jared, Jared knows where I'm going with this, nil all in the round of 16 against Italy, Australia, we're doing so well against the future world champions, and the Italian player, I don't know who it was, I don't give a shit, he dives with about three seconds to go on the clock, gets a penalty, knocks us out, so Italy and diving go hand in hand, and I think it's just desserts that they win a medal in it in the Olympics, so... Um, <laughs> this is reward, Jared. It's only taken them ten years to finally get a medal for their diving exploits. Yeah, it's kind of surprising that more soccer players don't go into diving <laughs> once their soccer career is over. You think that that would be the natural progression? Yes. Uh, well, congratulations to Italy on their medal. We'll go over the medal winners in total uh, very, very shortly in the medal tally. But I just want to touch on um, also our four by one hundred meter bronze medal just for us there, Jared. Um, I mean, I don't think we really had a snowball chance in hell of winning gold in this one. It was between the French and the US. Obviously, uh, a certain American won his 19th gold medal. We'll get to that, of course, later. But, um, I mean, James Magnuson's in the team. We're not going to win gold. Um, so, uh, I guess, I mean, a bronze is okay. We'll take it. We're, we're happy with that. Yeah, I think that's what we, I suppose, were aiming at on the way in. That was kind of the goal to just medal no matter what colour, and we knew that it probably wasn't likely going to be gold. I mean, we may have been able to snag a silver and, and get rid of that um, goose's egg that's frustrating me to no end. Um, but, yeah, it was a solid race. I can't remember who swam the last leg for Australia, but that was a great final leg because we were not, we weren't in the top three at that stage, and it was a great comeback. Mm, it was. We'll take it. But, um, Colin, we'll get to some Canadian results in a second, of course, outside of the medals. But I've just got a few here that will go over for Australia because, obviously, outside of our medal results, um, so it was a decent day for Australia. Obviously, in the shooting outside of Catherine Skinner winning the gold, as I mentioned, Letitia Scanlon, she also made the final. She made the top six, and I believe that's the first time we've ever had two women in the top six of uh, that event. So, good job there. For us, rowing, completely cancelled. Can't give you any results of that one. Colin, what did you watch all day? What did Canada concentrate on? (laughs) I woke up uh, ready to watch the rowing and saw the commentators there reporting on the wave conditions. And sadly, they didn't have anything else to show after a while of just waiting. So we ended up watching just random teams. I think there was basketball or volleyball or something like that. I think it was volleyball, like uh, France against somebody. I don't even remember, and I ended up changing the channel away. So, yeah, it ruined our entire schedule here. Did you um, have footage of a past Olympian watching the rowing getting cancelled? <laughs> that would have been fantastic if we did, though. That should become 
just the trend here in Summer Olympics. <laughs> yes, that's our Canada. I think, Jared, that's what we need to do during the Winter Olympics is have just, you know, shots of Stephen Bradbury watching, um, you know, our Winter Olympians not make it past the first round. Yeah, That'd be good to watch. I'd watch that. Come on, Channel 7. That's how you can improve your coverage. Um, Rugby Sevens. Um, Now, I've discovered, we talked about nicknames on yesterday's show. The women's Rugby Sevens team are called the Pearls. Of course they are, Jared. We're known for Pearls in Australia, aren't we? Oh, definitely. That's our number one export. Of course. Uh, We had two games, a 12-all tie with the USA. That was a brutal match. I don't know if you watched any of that, Jared. We had the, um, one of our players got, like, gang tackled within, like, five seconds. It was basically knocked out by an American straight away and america really put it up to us uh we walked away with a tie in the quarterfinal we thrashed spain 24 nil and uh we're playing a certain canadian team in the semi-finals jared um i mean this is this is kind of one of these events that we're expected to win gold in we're the favorites we're the world champions this is a lock pretty much but um you know how are you feeling confident that we can because if, if we lose to canada in this i i, I can't imagine what tomorrow's show is going to be like with colin <laughs> Yeah, I think um, tomorrow's show will be cancelled if we lose to Canada um, <laughs> for uh, technical reasons. Um, I think we've got a good shot. I suppose I'm a little bit less confident after that tie with the US. Um, from what I was watching beforehand, we were pretty much thrashing everybody. Um, and that, I suppose, knocked us down a peg. But maybe that's what they needed, a draw to kind of wake themselves up and and um, get firing on all cylinders again. Well, we hadn't had a single point conceded against us all tournament till America, and we, we tied that up with, like, five seconds on the clock to go. Colin, did, did Canada know what rugby was before this um, this Olympics? Um, well, if you listen to our other podcast, I think you know the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't listen to other ones. I just record it and just go on with my life. <laughs> um, no, I don't. I'm, I'm not that familiar with it. But considering the amount of coverage there is on TV this time around, uh, I think at least two or three of the TSN channels are covering it all the time. It must have become really big, and I just didn't know it. Well, um, if, if whoever wins the match will play either New Zealand or Great Britain, so we're up against the rival once we beat Canada. But um, you're, you're in with the shot for a bronze. <laughs> like, how about... Let's, let's, let's pre-plan this. We'll beat you guys, and we'll go on to beat Britain in the... Actually, no, New, stuff in New Zealand. We've got to beat New Zealand. Always got to beat New Zealand. And you can knock off the mother country of Great Britain and win a bronze. A famous bronze for Canada and Rugby Sevens, Colin. There you go. <laughs> Team well, of national heroes. I don't heroes. know if we're even going to... Yeah, I don't know if we're going to get a chance to, to get to the... Well, we're going to get to it because I'm going to get to it. Um, but let's not get too confident. I mean, because I think the greatest moment uh, of, at least for me, of the Olympics yesterday was Canada's men's volleyball, who haven't ah, made yes. the Olympics in a couple of decades, actually beating the Americans uh, in their first game. And we pretty much obliterated them in the first game. It was the most exciting thing I've watched uh, all Olympics so far. And I I think I just got really into volleyball last year, so I'm kind of fresh to the sport. But, yeah, anytime uh, anytime we go up against a powerhouse, we upset them. We have a 100% success rate so far in this Olympics of... (laughs) surprising and when we're the underdogs and i'm also looking here sorry to steal your thunder if you're going to mention this in canada's results but i see that uh, your beach volleyball has knocked off the italians as well in the women's tournament i'm just looking at the end in two That's and right. you also beat the dutch both your women's beach i didn't realize canada had beaches so there you go <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to the beach as soon as we're done this so 
maybe I'll see some future Olympians practicing there. Is that like Australian snow, like in air quotes? <laughs> Just... I have to travel a couple hundred kilometers to reach a beach, and it's actually across the American border, so I don't think it counts. But... Hey, hey, no, I, know we do have... I know what it is. You and I, in Minneapolis, we flew over America together in a virtual reality simulator. This is like a beach virtual... It's like, Beach Canada, experience the beach! <laughs> Fly over the beach. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly it. Uh, okay, quickly, equestrian. Uh, Jared, this is your baby. Uh, we're in third at the moment in the event in the eventing, uh, and uh, Chris Burton currently in the silver medal position in the individual dressage. How's that going, Jared? I mean, well, that's what we want. I'm, I'm <laughs> counting on him for that silver medal. I'm a bit annoyed that the team dropped down to third because that would have been two chances for a silver. But um, no, the equestrian's going well, and 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 the crowd turnout it's it's improved. They even had to put on these little party hats on the horses so they didn't get distracted. Um, so that just gets better and better each day. I don't know what the next step is, but after the party hat, you've got to improve on that somehow. I mean, the horse couldn't look any stupider if they wanted to make it look stupider. Um, but. There'll be something else. I don't know. Maybe they increase the height of the party hat. Maybe. Or one hat on top of the other hat. I don't know. I want to see somebody ride two horses at the same time. <laughs> well, you discovered Batman horse, Bruce Wayne horse. Yes. So. <laughs> I love the fact that... Nobody knows its real identity. Yes. That, that little... The Batman hat is hiding. You can't tell. I mean, you tell horses by their ears. That's the distinctive feature, and now nobody knows. Giant horse symbol above uh, Rio. Come and save us, horse Batman. Um, but yes, uh, the the French and the Germans are ahead of us. So, you know, I mean, I can take losing to the Germans, but not the French. Come on. Um, basketball, the Opals beat Turkey 61-56. to 56. Tennis, uh, we'll touch on a couple of big results in the tennis, but for Australia... Uh, obviously, Sam Stoza beat Yelena Ostapenko of Latvia. The great rivalry between those two. She's through to the next round. Uh, Sam Groth, sadly, is out. Lost to Belgium's David Goffin. And, of course, Daria Gavrilova lost to Serena Williams. She put up a bit of a fight, though, there, Jared. So that was, it was an entertaining match. Yeah, it was decent. I think um, they showed a couple of like the replays of like the rallies and stuff, and by no means was she thrashed. So, I mean, when you're playing against the world number one, to hold your own, like, it was impressive to watch. Very much so. Uh, hockey, big upset for the Kookaburras, uh, the world number one team. We always choke in the Olympics. We lost to Spain, 1-0. Plenty of time to catch up, but big result there. Uh, outside the swimming medals, as I mentioned, Emma McCowan finished 7th in the 100 Butterfly. Uh, Tamsin Cook and Jessica Ashwood, 6th and 7th in the 400 Freestyle. And um, we've got Mitch Larkin qualified in the men's 100-meter backstroke with Maddie Wilson and Emily Seabom in the final of the women's 100 backstroke as well. Gymnastics, uh, our only competitor, Larissa Miller, sadly did not make the finals. She finished 30th overall. The canoe slalom, Ian Burrows, through to the semifinal, but Lucian Delfort is out. Table tennis, this one's hard to take, uh, Jared. Jian Fang Lei eliminated in the singles, losing to uh, Mengu Yu from Singapore. Are you still recovering over that result? Yeah, that was a bit of a shock um, to me. I thought um, we had that. I mean, we're such a big powerhouse when it comes to table tennis. Um, no, I think that was our best ever result. So I'm um, building. Look yes. out, Tokyo Look 2020. Out, exactly. Uh, cycling, Amanda Spratt, 15th in the women's road race. And judo. I want to talk about judo in this uh, episode. Nathan Katz lost to Morocco's Imad Basu in the first round of the 66-kilogram division. So there you go. Uh, what happened for Canada, Colin? I know you mentioned the volleyball, but uh, anything else exciting happening? Well, I, I, I want to mention volleyball again, and I'll mention it probably a third time. It was so <laughs> exciting. And this is where I said that the Canadian broadcasters sometimes don't know what to cover. Uh, I think 
obviously any country is going to try to cover what is uh, maybe closer to a lock as far as the performance goes in medals. And the fact that Canada hadn't made uh, volleyball in the Olympics in 20 years or something like that, uh, and we're here against U.S. in the opening game, there was really no hope. The American network, NBC, was covering that game start to finish. So it wasn't even on a Canadian network. I was watching the American one. And I was recording the Canadian one, and only after the game was over where Canada won did I go back and see that probably about halfway through, they realized we were about to win something big, (laughs) and CBC switched over to volleyball. Um, So maybe we'll actually get more volleyball coverage in the future now. It was a pretty big win. Uh, You mentioned gymnastics. Our team, the team gymnastics for the women's, we missed out. We came in ninth, and it was, again, another thing where it was like this close to being a lock. And they're saying, oh, Canada, they were even saying going into like the final, the final round or whatever, Canada will have no problem making the finals. And our last Olympian, who was the most experienced one on there, slipped on the uneven bars, no. a pretty brutal fall. And we just miss out. So that was a bit disappointing. Um, what else is going on? Obviously, Penny Alexiak and the, the pool, two medals. Uh, sadly, we mentioned her yesterday. She was our profiled athlete of the day, Emily Overholt. Came in 25th in the women's 400-meter freestyle. That was her second and last event. Uh, but as an update, my three-month-old son, who could not stop watching the TV when she was uh, swimming the other night and started crying when she was losing, uh, yesterday we popped him in front of the TV when we are getting lunch ready, and Emily Overholt's on being interviewed, and for whatever reason he smiles at the TV, which he's never done before. He's only <laughs> ever smiled at a person looking at him smiling back. Emily Overholt was looking very serious on the TV, and I thought again, well, it's just a fluke. And about 30 seconds later, I look back, and he smiles again at the TV and starts giggling. He has not even really giggled in person to us yet. So there's something about Emily Overholt that is strangely fascinating, my three-month-old son. Uh, I look forward to Tokyo uh, to see how much he's going to be cheering for her. That's his favorite athlete, and sadly, she did go down. Damn it! Well, we got a, we got a. She liked your tweet, though. We got a, we got. She a, did. Yes. <laughs> That's a win for us. <laughs> yeah, we are officially endorsed by Emily Overhaul. We're, We're Olympian endorsed. Now. Olympian endorsed. There you go. Let's see. This is what happens. I, you know, when Brit Elmsley tweets me back, then it's the wedding. We'll lock it in. So it's good. You know, it's this is what it takes. A couple of tweets here and there so you know that's how it goes and yeah great okay <laughs> there's power in having a baby yes. that you can use to manipulate to get famous people to right. like your tweets okay well i'll get brit elmsley pregnant and then <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works okay thank you right, i'm just gonna write these notes down okay um outside had you, had you finished with canada there colin sorry i didn't know if there was still more or this is the Summer Olympics. You think okay. I have more than three things to mention? <laughs> no, that's how our segment's a bit longer the, than yours. The but. diving, yeah, <laughs> diving was the sad one. Um, but every time we disappoint in something that we uh, think is a sure thing, we surprise in something like volleyball. And you mentioned the the beach volleyball. Um, our female team, uh, Pavan and Bansley, I think it is. Uh, yeah, they had a big win there. So big hopes for volleyball, both beach and non-beach. <laughs> 
non beach. Yes. Welcome to non beach. What do they call volleyball when it's non beach? Is it just volleyball? Uh, I don't don't know. Volleyball. Okay. Just wait. Two years' time when we're in Korea for the Winter Olympics, our segment will be a lot shorter than yours. So (laughs) roles will be reversed in two years' time. Um, But the gold medals decided today, uh, yesterday, well, technical day two, whatever. Uh, So just quickly going over these archery, the women's team, South Korea took that one out. I believe they've never lost in that event in the history of the Olympics. Uh, the women's road race in cycling went to the Dutch. The Netherlands, Anna van der Breggen, took that one out. Uh, did you stay up watching all eight hours of that one, Jared? Uh, after the big segment of uh, Where's Richie, I didn't couldn't really take another athlete going missing, so I decided to uh, give that one a pass. There's actually footage, I don't know her name, but there was, I believe, another Dutch rider went completely A over T and smashed into the uh, gutter, and I think she's broken about three vertebrae in her back. Uh, poor thing, but uh, the crash in slow motion looks amazing. Uh, <laughs> diving, we mentioned China took out the women's synchronised three metre. I'm not going to say their names because I'll butcher it. Fencing, the men's foil went to Daniel Garozzo of Italy, and they also won a gold in the judos. The Italians had a good day. Fabio Basile won the men's 66 kilogram. I believe, though, Colin, I'm surprised. I know you're into your judo. Um, you lost the bronze medal match to Japan. Antoine Bouchard, I don't know if she's any relation to Eugenie, uh, he lost to Masashi Ebenuma of Japan for bronze. So, obviously, morning, another fourth place finish there for Canada. Yeah, and I, I think I watched judo for the first time yesterday. Uh, when I woke up, that's what was on. And uh, I, It was probably an earlier match, not the, the bronze one, but the crowd started booing them for some reason, and I'm not quite <laughs> sure of why. Uh, <laughs> They don't know what's going on. <laughs> They're, They're just being given tickets. Here you go, guys. Go to the Olympics. Watch judo. Okay. Um, I don't know what's yeah. going on. Boo! <laughs> Nothing's happening. Where's Kikamai? Where's, where's Giselle? <laughs> 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 I don't know what's happening. Um, well, I was, yeah, I want to talk about judo. Uh, also, in, well, speaking of judo, Kosovo, not only did they win their first ever Olympic medal, oh. they won their first Olympic gold medal. Mayinda Kelmendi won the women's 52 we can't kilogram. Beat a country that never existed in the Olympics before now. Yes, exactly. You know, all I want to take is going to win a medal soon. This is great. <laughs> um, and just actually a quick note, we mentioned Vietnam yesterday won a gold medal. That was their very first Olympic gold medal. I should have really paid attention to that. Huang Ju Vin uh, won the shooting men's 10-minute air pistol yesterday. Congratulations, Vietnam. Uh, China, this is going to get um, used to this. China wins a lot. Uh, they won the women's 10-meter air pistol. Zhang Mengzhu won that one. Australia obviously took out the women's trap. Uh, the swimming, uh, a couple of big results. Uh, Adam Peaty broke his own world record that he broke the day before. Gold oh. for Great Britain. Great result there. Um, you excited for that one, Colin? I, I had uh, all of my nieces and nephews surrounding me as I watched that on my phone. And, uh, yeah, it seemed to be quite exciting uh, <laughs> among my family members there. He seems- they like to pick somebody that they can root for. And they weren't rooting for him. But then when they saw Great Britain, they decided... <laughs> to change oh yeah the guy we wanted won hooray <laughs> even though they weren't cheering for him he didn't seem very excited at all he just anyway four by 100 meters we mentioned uh usa won that one 400 meter freestyle world record to katie ledecky i called her ledecky yesterday apologies for that <laughs> you um, got it right this time. i got it right katie ledecky world record and as we said sweden sarah the one i said before uh she won the women's 100 meter butterfly and weightlifting a world record to china's long queen Quan. Uh, took out the men's 56 kilogram and Chinese Taipei with Xu Xu Ching won the women's 53 kilogram. I think that about covers it all. Um, but just quickly, other big results we should mention. Uh, Jared, 
this is big in tennis. We lost both Novak Djokovic and the Williams sisters out in the first round. What's going on in the tennis? Yeah, who knows? Tennis at the Olympics is always a little bit um, weird and all over the shop. Um, the Williams sisters, I think that's the first time they've ever lost when they're playing together at the Olympics. Um, every other time they've won gold. So, I mean, that was a huge shock. And Djokovic losing, um, I don't think anybody saw that coming. Um, I mean, Del Potter is a good player, but he's he's come back from injury after a, a year or so off. Um, so, yeah, that was a huge shock. Um, and he was devastated at that, at that loss. There's only about two or three, or just before Wimbledon, they were talking about him winning the Golden Slam, that nothing, nobody would touch him, and he's lost Wimbledon, he's lost the Olympics. Um, so does this mean that Andy Murray's a lock to win the Olympics now, just like he was to win Wimbledon? Let's hope not. <laughs> you don't like Andy? <laughs> not the biggest Andy fan. Oh, wow. You two were talking up your Rafa love. I'm not a Rafa fan. I like Andy. So here we go. Here's another rivalry between us coming up. The Rafa versus Andy show. You're going down, Waterworth. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just don't talk anti-Rafa. Uh, okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, the Williams sisters, because they've won about, what, three gold medals, haven't they, just in the doubles alone? I'm not talking about Serena and Venus's single success. I know they've each won a singles gold medal between them, but, yeah, that, so this is the first time they've ever lost in the Olympics, she said. Wow. I'm pretty sure, yeah. That's incredible. There you go. Okay, then. Uh, we will touch on Michael Phelps. Oh, we'll just quickly touch on Michael Phelps now. Yeah, all right. He won his 19th gold medal. I know you love Michael Phelps a bit, uh, Colin. But um, not only was it his 19th gold medal, it was his 23rd medal overall. So um, if just quickly, if we were to put him on the all-time Olympic medal list, um, Michael Phelps has now won more gold medals than Austria, Argentina, and Jamaica. Uh, <laughs> so Way more than, ooh, I want to take you. Yeah, well, way more than, ooh, I want to take you. Um, and if we look at the total medal count, um, he's up there now equal with Portugal. And Croatia. Uh, so, there you go. Uh, oh, I want to take you. Might want to recruit Michael Phelps. I mean, he was going to win medals. We all know that. It's Michael freaking Phelps. I, I mean, why is it a news story, Colin? Michael Phelps wins a gold medal. That's like saying the water is blue and people breathe oxygen today. This is going to be, I think, the biggest surprise of the, the entire Olympics show that we have here. Uh, I found myself getting a little bit behind Michael Phelps last night. Um, I was very shocked when I saw that. And I think it, again, has to do just with his story. You know, I've complained that, you know, he's, uh, I guess, a little bit arrogant. And uh, um, I know in past Olympics especially, it's pretty clear that there's really no friendship with him and his teams. Um, That's always been a big deal with him. He's never been considered even a leader, even though he's, the greatest Olympian they ever had, the, the other swimmers don't really look up to him or even talk to him. Uh, he's had his drug and alcohol issues, his arrests, so stuff like that, suspensions. Through all of that, what I'm gathering is that he wanted to come back this time, not for ego, but because he didn't want to go out the way that he did in London, which was lazy, even though he won four gold medals. I mean, he was out of shape. He... Yeah, had his own personal issues and now he's sort of coming back maybe just to redeem himself now that he's you know has a child and he's uh cleaned himself up gone through rehab i'm kind of finding myself getting behind him a little bit not that i'm getting behind him to win but i appreciate when i watched him walk out and for the first time in his entire career i saw him not just focus on himself but sitting there high-fiving his teammates smiling laughing with them this is a guy, I think, who's honestly turned around, and I might be willing to root for him a little bit. Right, okay. Jared, what, what, what's your thoughts on Michael Phelps? 
Um, I'm just overhearing about him, to be honest. Um, <laughs> like, congrats, you won another gold. Like you said, is, is, is it that unexpected? Uh, I mean, this is time that could be focused on party hats on equestrian horses, <laughs> uh, which I think is really... That's missing from the mainstream media, and they haven't really cottoned onto that yet, and I can't figure out for the life of me why. Um, so, yeah, less Michael Phelps, more partying ho- equestrian horses. It would only make it more exciting if they get him and, like, do some big photo shoot after the Olympics with, like, all these gold medals on and all this sort of stuff, and you got Thomas Bach there going, Michael, one gold medal, ah, 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 two <laughs> gold medals, ah, ah, and just keep going and going and going. That I would watch that. I, I, I'm kind of just... Meh on Michael Phelps. I mean, congratulations. He's, you know, won more medals in a lot of countries in the world. I mean, it's a feat. He's going to go down as arguably the greatest Olympian of all time. But, you know, it's like I'm kind of like you kind of like the story behind something. I We don't really hear too much in regards to the whole Michael Phelps story out here. Um, I think we got one new story in the lead up about how Michael Phelps idolized Ian Thorpe and was obsessed with Ian Thorpe mm-hmm. uh, in the lead up to when he was sort of. Um, becoming a thing so that was kind of interesting but you know we had there was a big article i read uh, on one of our websites in the lead up where people were debating who's the greatest olympian usain bolt or michael phelps and just the the arguments for usain bolt was so better like he might not have won as many gold medals as michael phelps but it's just as we talked about in the first episode who doesn't love usain bolt like yeah well on top of that like again this is where and maybe i'll slip back into a little bit of the criticism of phelps or at least the hype behind him yes it's impressive he's won that many medals but there's really only two sports i guess if you include the winter olympics and speed skating maybe you can get up to three there's really only a couple of sports in either olympics where you can compete in that many events to win that many medals Mm -hmm. it's not like he's sat there this is michael phelps 18th olympic appearance <laughs> he's been going at it for almost 80 years people. he's 97 <laughs> yeah like even in running i mean it's considered a big deal that usain bolt does both the one and 200 meter because you just don't have athletes that do both when you're in swimming you will compete in nine different events in one olympics that's one of the only ones you can do that so to c- say that he's the greatest swimmer of all time you could say that but you can't really compare him to an athlete who only really has the ability to appear in one or two events. It's true. And I guess also running, anyone can run. Like any, I mean, I guess out of all the sports in the Olympics, athletics would probably have the biggest representation from all the countries in the world. Whereas, you know, there was a huge big deal back in Sydney, wasn't it, Jared, with Eric the Eel from Equatorial Guinea because they literally didn't have a swimming pool in the country or something like that. So we had to swim in like polluted rivers. So that was a huge big, you know, story. It was great. Um, you know, you don't really see domination from the Sudanese swimmers or things like that, whereas obviously Sudan are probably good at running. So, you know, not everyone's good at swimming as well. So, yeah. I don't know. We can talk. We're, we're, we've got to get to a sane in, what, about a week's time. So, you know, Phelps will win a couple more. I'll get over it. Um, we're going on with this segment a little bit. I want to get to what did you watch, but just real quickly on the medal tally... Uh, sadly, Australia are now in third. We had our one day of glory, Jared. We'll take it. Um, but, yeah, so USA on top right now. Three gold, five silver, four bronze, 12 in total. China, three gold, two silver, three bronze. And Australia third with three gold, zero silver, and three bronze. Canada currently sitting pretty in 18th place, equal with Kazakhstan, with a silver yeah. and a bronze. Up yours, Borat. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you, um, if we if we reorganise this by total medals, though, you would be up there with the great Thailand and Chinese Taipei. So, uh, just quickly, Japan, they're they're having a pretty interesting games. One gold and six bronze. So, <laughs> getting. Six- can I just say something about Canada here? Of course, you can. We Tom. may only have we may only have two medals, but. Penny Alexiak has double the amount of medals that Michael Phelps does in this Olympics. Take that, Phelps. That is true. That is true. And and if we want to be technical, New Zealand has won as many medals as Michael Phelps. So uh, <laughs> New Zealand are doing very well at these Olympics. <laughs> They're in 20th position right now. 20th position, New Zealand. They've got a silver um so oh they're behind canada they are how embarrassing they're equal with france well there you go that's that's why they're having a national holiday they're up there with the powerhouse the french but they're also equal with north korea and indonesia so (laughs) but more importantly they're ahead of their great rivals of uzbekistan um just some other really brief news russia have been banned from the paralympics um do we care about that no, cool. All right. And <laughs> I noticed during the 100 relay, I don't know if you you probably saw it too, the 4 by 100 relay that when Russia came out the crowd booed <laughs> like this is pro wrestling or something like that and I don't know I don't know why they were trying to talk it up like uh, it's like ooh Russia like Canadian commentators Russia getting a pretty cold reception here. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. I don't know. It's I I really do love I think this is the first time since Torino where we've had a country that responds almost in an immature way, and it's kind of fun to watch. Like, I like how vicious these Brazilians are. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Russia have won a gold, two silver, and two bronzes that will no doubt be returned in a couple of years' time. So um, (laughs) go go Russia. And just quickly, I really wanted to touch on this one because I I think we wouldn't be a good podcast if we didn't mention this. Jared, it's been all over our media here since Mac Horton won the gold. Uh, We might be at war with China at the end of the week uh, because he is getting ripped a new one by Chinese social media people after his uh, sledge of Sun Yang. Uh, pretty much all of his social media accounts have been taken over by Chinese, uh, angry Chinese people, including uh, such comments as calling uh, the entire nation of Australia an offshore prison and um, also just saying to Mac that he's a loser, a snake, ugly, and you make me sick. Um, Jared, have you prepared your bomb shelter and getting ready to be splashed heavily by China by the end of the week? Yeah, I have invested in a raincoat and an umbrella, depending on the level of the splashing. Um, but I'm not concerned because given that bronze medal in, um, in archery, I think, I think we're very well defended. Yes. Um, we just <laughs> let the shooting. results do the talking. <laughs> And gold medal is shooting. I do have to quickly say, though, it's funny. There's a British photographer called Mark Horton who has been getting abuse on Twitter and people are confusing him with Mac Horton. So I think his photos are going to do quite well all of a sudden because, like, oh, can you're we, the guy. Can we, change, uh, uh, can we change our segment of the day instead of sending a fan message? Can we send a really angry message to Mark Horton today? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Mark Horton angry tweet of the day. <laughs> you make me sick. <laughs> I hate how you call us cheats. Uh, all right, what did, what did we watch today, folks? Jared, I'm going to start with you. Tell what did you pay attention to on day two? Uh, day two, I mean the equestrian that was a given. Um, I saw a little bit of the judo, which um, confused me greatly, um, and then lots and lots of gymnastics. I mean that was kind of Channel 7's focus oh, um, was it ever? for the evening. Yes. 
Um, oh, I wasn't complaining about that. <laughs> yeah, this, I really want to talk about judo. I really do. Um, because I swear that nobody knows what's going on. Even the commentators. We'll get to this after when I talk a little bit about Channel 7's commentary team. But I, I was watching this, and I swear even the commentators callers had no idea what was going on. The crowd had no idea what was going on. I had no. I don't even think the judo players or athletes, whatever you call them, had no idea what was going on. Colin, were you watch? You said you watched a bit of the judo. Did you know what was going on? I had no clue. I was wondering why the crowd was booing them. That was <laughs> what my issue was. <laughs> they were booing because they thought they were meant to have tickets to the beach volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I paid for. Boo! <laughs> but like once I was watching this one, right? This they were talking this up. This was the the first match by this Antoine Bouchard in Canada. He was up against Raymond Overnew from Papua New Guinea. Um, the great Raymond Overnew of Papua New Guinea. And, you know, they come out and they're talking this up. You know, oh, this is just such an effort for this, this Papua New Guinean to make it to the Olympics. He's doing his nation proud. The game was over, the match, whatever you call it, was over in 43 seconds. The the Canadian did whatever is an Uchi Mata, wins it via Ippon... <laughs> And, like, gets 100 points for it. Jared, I think we were talking about this. What the hell is an Uchi Mata and an Ippon? Is an Ippon a brand of camera? I don't know, but the thing that I just couldn't wrap my head around was the point score. You flip somebody onto their back, you get 100 points. You flip somebody onto their side, you get one point. What type of, dis- what type- what type of discrepancy is that? Like... You could give somebody 10 points? No, 100. Yep. I mean, what's the point? You may as, It just doesn't make sense. Do- you have to flip somebody onto their side 100 times to equal the <laughs> same as flipping somebody on their back once. <laughs> well, it was the Australian, the Nathan Katz match I was watching too. At one point there, he was flipped over like on his back, and then they were all like, oh, no, that's it. You know, Imad Basu's won. Uh, that's an Uchi Mata. Shame for Nathan. And then the referee was all like, no, 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 continue. And like, oh, oh, great news for Australia. He's only gotten one point against him. It's like, what the hell? Judo is like the sport where nobody knows what's going on. They just do it. And like, even the people playing it like, oh, he was on his back, ref. That's that's 100 points. Like, I win. That's an Uchi Mata. Uh, <laughs> so... I'm. I, I just a correction here uh, and a call back to a segment from yesterday. Uh, Uchimata is actually the name of Team Canada Judo, ah. so we have our first official team <laughs> name, Uchimatas. <laughs> the great Uchimatas from Canada, um, already with a fourth place at these Olympics. So, um, <laughs> what, what else did you want? Canada's position. Yes, exactly. Was there anything else you paid attention to, Colin, that we haven't mentioned already? Uh, yeah, fencing. After your recommendations, I tuned into fencing for the first time since Barcelona, I think. Uh, and I don't know when it became something out of Tron Legacy, but I love the fact that their masks have flashing lights. The floor has flashing lights. Like, uh, I just want the swords to be lightsabers all of a sudden. Like, this was amazing. I, I, I didn't realize that Tron 3 was happening. I love it. I can't wait for light cycles in Tokyo. This is It's one of the most fascinating things I've ever seen. And this is the difference between uh, Barcelona and now, I guess. Um, is that how, When did it actually start like that? I'm really curious. I don't know. It's this whole Olympic ideal of appealing to the youth. They hand out ecstasy tablets at the door and start playing lots of Skrillex in between uh, bouts and um, gets the kids involved. That's how you do it with fencing. Well, I'll be watching more fencing unless it's over now. Is it over now? Oh, God, no. I, don't, I think it's got plenty to go yet. We've only had the foil, haven't we? We haven't had the saber or the epee or the Bond versus Grave sword fight. So, like... <laughs> 
plenty to go, Colin. Come on. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for the lightsabers. This is going to be amazing. Um, <laughs> another sport that I probably haven't watched in Barcelona. If I keep mentioning Barcelona, it's because that was the first Olympics, as I said, that I think I really got into as Everyone a kid. And Barcelona, uh, come on. Ever since that archer shot the flame with an arrow, like that's that's the games we all remember. Oh yeah, and. and it was, I think, being the first Olympics that I ever really watched consistently, I probably watched every event. So there'll be a lot of times here, like weightlifting, where I'm like, first time since Barcelona. I think I may have seen some in Athens, but uh, I was watching that. I, what was it, the 56 kilogram, the the men's? And I, I had, again, nieces and nephews surrounded around my phone watching as a bunch of 130-pound Asian men were crushed underneath 350-pound weights. Uh, that was the fascinating thing about it. I, I, I think every time I've seen weightlifting in the past, it's been the, the larger weight class where you got these big muscular guys and seeing these tiny, tiny men, it's really impressive when they do get it all the way up, but when they don't and they honestly get crushed underneath it, it's kind of funny. So I'll be watching more weightlifting just to see if somebody can get crushed to death. Weightlifting is a fascinating sport. It really is. Wait till the super heavyweights come on. They're some, um, they're some athletes. <laughs> and another one I don't really understand the rules on. Like, there doesn't seem to be an order, and it never seems to end. I, I end up having to quit after about 45 minutes of watching, and I think it was close to the end when I started. Uh, but, yeah, weightlifting, I'll watch more of that. Uh, volleyball was my big one. I uh, The diving was – I was waiting for it, and I remember as we were getting ready to eat lunch, and my son is, uh, I don't know, flirting with Emily Overhold on TV or whatever. <laughs> and I'm just like, come on, we got to eat soon. Diving's going to start. And if I had known how disappointing it would have been, I might have been okay with just PVRing it. Uh, but volleyball, big surprise of the day, and I had to watch that live on an American channel. Maybe Canada will learn now. Uh, entire evening, as I said, I watched a bit of the gymnastics, just enough to see Canada slip and fall and almost get a concussion. And, uh, yeah, the swimming, Penny Alexiak was the big one, and uh, I did enjoy watching uh, Adam Peaty as well. Uh, that guy has a lot of energy and uh, uh, a lot of world records, I guess, <laughs> breaking his own. Um, Katie Ledecky, I'll talk about that really quickly. Again, another one with all my nieces and nephews around me. And I love how kids will just always find a way to cheat to win something. Because, as I said, when Adam Peaty was swimming, they were not cheering for him until they saw he won. And then that was the guy they were rooting for. With Katie Ledecky, I made the mistake going in of saying, well, oh, look, we got a Canadian in there. Like, oh, I'm going to cheer for the Canadian. And I'm like, oh, well, Katie Ledecky, she's going to win. There's no question about it. And they're like, why is she going to win? I'm like, well because she wins everything she has like all of the fastest times in this event and suddenly everybody was rooting for her and when she was winning she's like see i told you she was gonna win and i'm like <laughs> i think i was the one who told you that they that she was gonna win but impressive to see her set a world record an entire body length ahead of her own previous world record that was that was something else and I think that's the thing that they talk about her being Michael Phelps, and that's the difference between the two. Michael Phelps may win all these medals, but she pretty much destroys everybody where it's not even a contest, and it is quite impressive to watch. And she's only 19, is she not? She was 15 in London when she won a gold, uh, mm -hmm. in the 800 uh, metres, and 19 now. I mean, for God's sakes, if she... I mean, how old is Phelps? He's, what, at least 30-something by now, surely. So 31. 31. So, I mean, God, Ledecky's still got a couple of Olympics in her. So, um, yeah. look out, look out, world. Um yeah, I, I paid a lot of attention to the gymnastics. You know I love my gymnastics. Um, and 
It was interesting. I don't know if either of you two caught the moment when the crowd started doing the Mexican wave that the PA announcer actually encouraged them to do. And so much so that the athletes had to stop and wait for it to finish because it was putting them off on their routine. So um, I thought that was quite interesting. And also the fact, too, that... um, they they would the commentators were talking about the fact that you're not allowed to have uh, lyrics in your music, but you're allowed to have vocals that hum. So you can have like mm, things like that. <laughs> well, that was very um, good and analytical commentary by the Australian gymnastics team. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, I also yeah judo. What's the I'm loving rugby. I'm not a rugby fan. People assume Australia we love rugby. Jared, you're in a rugby state. I don't know how you necessarily feel about rugby, but there's a big divide in Australia when it comes to where you live, whether you like rugby or Australian rules football. I sit on the Australian rules football fence and not too big on the rugby. But this rugby sevens, it's 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 entertaining. I like it. Uh, watch the shooting as I mentioned. Um. Very interesting. They keep having this no bird section where they meant to fire the trap and it doesn't work. So the shooter has to wait and call it again. And then I want the job. I don't know if either of you saw the man in the chair with the red flag. So that whenever one of the shooters missed a target, he simply sat there and raised the red flag. Now, how do I get that job? That's the easiest job in the world. (laughs) Ben... I think we were all worried when you talked about gymnastics and then you said, I want the job. (laughs) We were worried where you're going to go with that. Get your mind out of the gutter, please, uh, Colin. We're not up to Ben's wife segment yet. Um, And the... uh, What else did I watch? Uh, Hockey. Yes, I I used to play hockey. That's field hockey, not this ice business. Um, And the one thing that I noticed in all the sports that I watched that there's still nobody showing up. Can somebody please go to Rio and tell people the Olympics are on? Like, because no one's there. No one's going. I haven't seen crowds this empty since Athens. I mean, Jared, I reckon you can get a ticket right now to the 100 metres final because, like, no one's going. Even better than that, I can get into the 100 metre final. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You'll take Josh Clark's spot for Australia. (laughs) Colin, what's going on? You're closer to Rio than we are. Can you just, like, drive there and go watch some events? (laughs) Well, this is where it's funny because um, I've been wondering that too. And then I noticed that a lot of these venues are considerably bigger than the venues we've seen in past Olympics, especially the beach volleyball one. I mean, it's enormous. And maybe that's just because beach volleyball is so big there. But it's funny, though, that you can watch beach volleyball and the stands are only half full. And it sounds like, you know, there's 40,000 people there just because they're so into it. So I think the uh, the excitement of the crowds making up for the fact that there's a lot of empty seats. But if, if you look at a lot of these venues, they seat a lot more. I'm, I'm really excited to see um, to see what's going to go on. Uh, you know, when we get to the 100 meter, they could have only a third of the people in there. And it's just going to blow the non-existent roof off the place, I guess. My fun- One of the funniest uh, bits of commentary, which I'm jumping ahead a bit here, but in the judo. Uh, at one point, the uh, the commentator turned around and said, you can tell by the hush of the crowd that they're really into this one. There was nobody there. That's why the hush of the crowd was there. Like, between booing and not knowing, well, that was where they left. They realised they were in the wrong venue. So, um, I just thought that was funny. Um, all right. So, athlete of the day then. Um, did you pay particular note to anybody, Colin? Uh, I paid particular note to Penny Alexiak. That's the only name I'm going to accept today, unless you have a good funny story to tell. Oh, well, I've got a couple here. You know I've always got a couple ready to go. Jared, uh, who was your horse of the day? Um, oh, a Batman horse, definitely. I didn't, know, didn't catch its real name, but, I mean, you're not going to because he's in disguise. Um <laughs> 
other than that, though, um, I was watching the Rugby Sevens uh, Kenya was playing, um, and I saw possibly the worst conversion kick I've ever seen in my life. Um, so shout out to uh, Janet. We know I think there may be a spot for you on the um, football team um, because you do not kick a conversion along the ground last time I checked. Come and play uh, rugby for like Newcastle Knights or something like that. Um, I have a couple. Uh, special shout out to Oksana Chozovitina. Uh, I don't know if either of you caught this. The Uzbekistanian gymnast, she's 41 years old, if you don't mind. This is her seventh Olympics, and she's made it through to the final of the vault. Now, she has competed for Germany, the unified team, and the Soviet Union until currently competing for Uzbekistan. She's actually won an Olympic gold medal. She was part of the German team that won the team gold medal back in Barcelona again. Um, and she took the silver back in Beijing in the vault. And uh, so that was, she would have been like 33 at that point. So we're used to seeing gymnasts. Of course, I'm constantly having to Google to make sure they're legal age before I say they're attractive. And, of course, the Chinese team... <laughs> Did you have to Google this one? <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, I could tell she was of age. Um, so, but I think that's, that's great. 41 years old in gymnastics. Like, that, that is amazing achievement. I mean, I'm, I'm nowhere near 41 and I still couldn't compete in gymnastics. So, um, good on you, Oksana. Uh, Ashley McKenzie, now she's a British judo athlete, player, I don't know, judo and whatever. Um, she was eliminated. She didn't win anything, but there's actually an image doing the rounds on the internet right now. Uh, somebody snapped her. She obviously snuck out uh, into the corridors of the judo venue. Uh, she had to beat through all the crowds. It was it was very hard. Um, but they've snapped an image of her, like, collapsed on the ground, bawling her eyes out near a wheelie bin. So um, it's actually quite a... Sad image, but, you know, it's the Olympics. She's sad, of course. Um, uh, the Australian rugby... You're talking about Rugby Sevens, Jared. I don't know if you saw the American match, but Charlotte Caslick, who did an epic rundown of an American... I don't know who the, what the Americans called. She was an American rugby player. But out of nowhere, she sprinted down and completely tackled this chick about a metre from the line to save an absolute certain try. It was amazing. Um, but I have to give it to Catherine Skinner for winning Golden Trap just because we weren't expecting it. And it's a gold, not a silver, Colin. Um, so <laughs> do you know what Silver that- is Canada's gold. <laughs> yes. Well, we haven't won a silver yet, so you're beating us in the silver. Uh, so that's something to take out of it. We are currently leading this podcast in silver. Well, that's true. Jared, here we go. We can give that to Cole. You want a silver? Ask Canada. Yeah, you think they could lend us one? We'll give them another bronze. I don't think we'd give up gold, but we've got a couple of bronze to spare. Yes. Uh, right, so uh, just going through here right now, um, we're trying to find me a wife, apparently. Um, I'm just reading. <laughs> of course, she's up there. Um, well, there is actually a gymnast who could be quite up there. Uh, Anna Derek, a Croatian gymnast. Everyone Google her right now because she could possibly, possibly rival Britt Elmsley as a future wife candidate. I, you know, I, I would happily take her to a, a an event at the Olympics and get free tickets because the nobody's there. Um, and I had to look up this Emily Overholt a little bit more, uh, Colin and. Um, she seems like a nice lady, 
So, <laughs> I think this is turning into Ben's creepy segment. My, my of son the has spoken for Emily Overholt. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Okay. So, uh, who's she going to choose? A four month old or a 29 year old? Um, <laughs> Emily, tweet <laughs> us your answer. <laughs> anyway, uh, I mean, I, look, Colin, you're married. You can't really search for a future wife. Sorry, Jared. You you can join in this segment. Oh, I'll accept that challenge. <laughs> is Jamie around? Like, she can search for a husband. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know what your arrangements are. Jared, you can join in this segment. Have you looked at, for a wife yet? I have not, and I would hate to rain on your parade, so um, I think I might just leave this to you. Bat horse. That can be yours. Um, <laughs> Bat horse. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I want to talk about the... We talk about this commentary. Hold on. Oh, hang on. Hold All right, go for can it. I, can I talk about your... Your future wife, what was her name again? Oh, Anna Derrick. Have we looked? Yes, you can give me analysis of Ben's wife. Like, country as, as the oldest yeah. member of this team, your wise wisdom <laughs> of being a married man and to say what wife material Anna Derrick from Croatia would be for Ben Waterworth. Sure, go for it. Croatia. Okay. Google is uh, <laughs> there. Okay. Ben, are you. <laughs> Um, Ben, are you sure you have confirmed she is of legal yes, age? she is 19, I believe, so, um, that's okay. Uh, well, close, she will be 18 in less than a month. Alright, well, that's so still legal in a I'm month. I'm gonna say no to this one. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna plan the wedding, like, we're not getting married in the next month, like, I'm gonna break up with Brit first, so, um, <laughs> I mean, I could become a Mormon and move to Salt Lake City and then I can marry both, but look, we'll see how we go. <laughs> to meet them first they would have listened to this yeah. episode uh, the search is still open here the search is still open <laughs> by the end of these um these olympics ben waterworth will have an olympian wife um i'm actually just quickly watching the equestrian and somebody just took a tumble don't know if you're watching this at about the same time jared um, but... is is bat horse of legal age <laughs> the real question <laughs> how many hands length is bat horse <laughs> it's all about the size um Coverage. Now, we're talking about commentary, the, the, the awkward commentary moments. I've got a few today. But, Colin, touch, t- update us on the Canadian um, experience and watching the Olympics because uh, by the sounds of things, talking to you off-air, it's not exactly that bad. So maybe we all need to move to Canada yep. and watch former Olympians watch Olympic moments because that sounds more fun than some of the stuff we're getting at the moment. <laughs> Yeah, uh, nothing too embarrassing today, um, other than just I would have loved for them to have played up more on the Russians getting booed. That would have been fantastic. And I still don't understand why the CBC app still has several events with no commentary. Um, I'd like to see some real commentary in there, even if it's get, even if it's not in English. Just have a guy going out there babbling, making up a language, just something. Well, what we can do is we can do these live broadcasting on Facebook now. And we can just sit there and we can commentate for Canada. We could do it for them. That's, that's yes. you know, why not? <laughs> <laughs> We'd still be more knowledgeable than a lot of the commentators we've got in Australia for some sports. Uh, do you, so, like, you mentioned that you can watch NBC at the same time. Like, I mean, how is NBC's coverage? Because, I mean, we hear a lot about how they pay so much for it and we know they've influenced start times to swimming finals in the past because of the amount of money and they try to bribe the IOC into making America walk out later on in the opening ceremony. Uh, I mean, is NBC's coverage actually decent? No, not really. Um, their primetime coverage has always been focused just on, uh, I, I guess, swimming and gymnastics. That's all you get. But, I mean, we get a lot of that here. They don't really go back to other events. Their afternoon coverage is so puzzling because 
they will just pick one sport and show it nonstop. Like I said, the road race, the very first day of Olympic coverage, the very first event they covered was pretty much six hours of nonstop road race. <laughs> Nothing else. It Like on Canadian coverage, they'll cover a bit of that. They'll cut to another event. Oh, we have some breaking news here or something. It was just nonstop road race. And the fact that they do always influence the start times and even the swimming this time, it's like the latest start time that they've had for swimming. And there's been a lot of people talking about that probably has to do with American primetime coverage. It is so confusing that they aired their opening ceremonies an hour to an hour and a half later than the live feed. And I just don't understand why they make such a big deal about getting it. And then they waited till like 7.30 in the evening here to actually start airing it. So I don't get the American coverage at all. So this is this is a network that invented must-see television with like Friends and Seinfeld and all that sort of stuff in the 90s. And their must-see television in the afternoon is the fucking road race. Yeah, six hours nonstop. <laughs> Jared's Not all into that. Not even back and forth Dr. Phil, <laughs> just nonstop. Jared's moving to America right now. <laughs> <laughs> If they found Richie Port quicker than we did, then yes, I'd consider it. <laughs> Channel 7 are still looking for him. Uh, they've sent Bruce McAvady out there right now. Richie, where yeah, are you? The judo, that's what we're booing. They're like, get back to the road race. Where's Richie? That's why they're booing. <laughs> Boo! Get off the mat, judo players. Send out the search team for Richie. Um, they, I believe they're actually going to start making, instead of Where's Wally in Australia, they're going to be Where's Richie books. <laughs> Oh, God. And he's Tasmanian. Come on now. He's got two heads. Jared, you kind of were positive for Channel 7 in our first episode. You said they were the Olympic network in Australia. It feels right for the Olympics to be on um, Channel 7. One thing, though, that in Australia, as you would know, it is, it's almost like a national sport every four years to bash the Olympic coverage of whatever network showing it. Um, I've written down a bunch of notes here in terms of why I think they're doing pretty shit, but... I, I feel like you might talk them up a little bit more positively than, than I will, at least. Uh, I mean, what's been your take so far on the the Channel 7 Olympic coverage? Uh, to be honest, I've been bitterly disappointed. The thing I think that annoys me more than anything is commentators who don't know what they're talking about. Um, Colin's um, events without commentary actually sounds like a real blessing. Um, and then the fact that you have three channels that you're showing the Olympic on, Olympics on, and then... They all managed to go to an ad at the same time. Yes. And it just is so frustrating. I'm like, show something on the TV. You don't need to go to an ad on all your channels at the same time. Just have one channel if you're going to do that. Indeed. And speaking of the ads, are you not getting sick to death? I mean, Channel 7 are renowned for over-advertising shit. If I see one more ad for Zumbo's Just Desserts, I will shoot someone. I will get the gold medal in trap because I'm sick of seeing Zumbo's Just Desserts. Colin doesn't even know what I'm talking about right now. But I don't even know who Zumbo is. I don't give a fuck that he cooks dessert. And, like, if I see one more tagline of after the Olympics, again, I will shoot someone. The animations of the birds and the squawking and the little animals. Colin, tell me that, like, CBC do, like, some little cute little animation of, like, Brazilian animals or, like, a samba dance or something. Do they do that? No, nothing like that. <laughs> well, uh, I'm moving to Canada. <laughs> I am, because, Jared, we've got, what, this annoying animation of, a, like, a toucan flying over the stadium mm. and, like... And you always hear this, like every time they go to an ad. What is what is Channel Seven on? I thought they were meant to be professional with their animation. Yeah, that's pretty tragic. Um, yeah, that's another one. Every time you see it, like oh, and that 
First of all, it's an ad, so it's bad enough. But then that leading into the ad, it just makes you more enraged. Yes. Uh, there's been a big article, big thing today. Uh, Sunrise was on this morning, the breakfast show on Channel 7. Um, they aired Sunrise. Instead of showing Olympic sports, um, Twitter went up in absolute uproar for the fact that they're showing an interview with Blake Lively rather than showing like the actual Olympics. Um, so that's something that we're up in arms about. The app, where do we start on this app, Jared? I've actually got it working right now. This is a shock. But every time I try to get it working, it just hangs on the loading screen. They, they, they're coming out and saying, oh, we've had 2 million views compared to 800,000 with the Australian Open. And then when they say there's a problem, they blame it on the worldwide feed. Have you, have you got the app working yet, Jared? I have not, and that's extra annoying at work. I just want to check something real quick, watch a bit of the sport, and then, yeah. Stuck on the loading screen. I mean, 2 million views of the loading screen is probably not that impressive. Yes. Um, have you caught the magnificent little thing that they do every now and then called Buzz from Brazil? Have you seen that yet? I have, and I wish to never see it again. I don't <laughs> think I've ever sat through five minutes of more awkward TV in my life. We're going to paint a picture for Colin here somehow, because uh, it's it's hosted by, well, Matt Mitchum, an Olympic gold medalist. He won uh, the, what, the 10-metre platform diving in Beijing, I think our first gold medalist in diving in about 100 years when he won that and then somebody Tegan Nass I have no idea who the hell she is it's kind of like these two people sitting on a couch trying to be funny saying hey did you see this funny tweet from the same bolt and here's the US Olympic swim team in a car singing to a song ha 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 hilarious and then I don't know if you saw Jared Talent our uh, Olympic gold medalist in walking uh, lip syncing to Peter Allen's I Go to Rio and then to which Matt Mitchum comes out from and goes oh he's got a lot of talent um, so it's like the dad joke segment. Colin, do you have like some little light-hearted segment that the Canadians do? No, we take it very seriously <laughs> here. Um, I just think it's funny that you're sitting here criticizing people trying to find comedy in the Olympics. <laughs> hey, we're comedic geniuses. You shut up, Colin Hilding. Uh, <laughs> the Oz Network has been creating classic commentary and comedy since 2011. I, I mean, if you're going to have a segment like this... Roy and HG, now look, we shouldn't be promoting another podcast, but they're doing a podcast about the Olympics. It's about a thousand times better than this piece of shit you're listening to right now. Listen to it. It's Roy and freaking HG, the guys who did the dream. Everybody in Australia still talks about the dream. Why can they not fly them out to Rio and do this, Jared? Like, what is going on? If Triple M can put them on a podcast for half an hour a day, surely Channel 7, instead of putting Matt Mitchum and whoever the fuck Tegan Nass is, get Roy and HG. Yeah, it's a national travesty. I mean, this is up there with the zero silver medals. This is potentially a bigger issue than that. Get Bathorse onto this. Where is Bathorse? Come save the day. (laughs) Bathorse would find Richie Port. That's how good Bathorse is. Like... (laughs) Bat Horse should be on Buzz from Brazil, and, it, and it's not. What about Bat Horse's social media account? That's This is the hard-hitting journalist questions that I want to know. Who is Bat Horse? Who is Bat Horse? And when are we going to see Bat Horse versus Super Dressage person, Dawn of Jungle? That was a bad joke. And so this is why you should listen to Roy and HG, because they don't come up with shit like that. Um, now... I want to go to some commentary, because you talked about the commentators not knowing anything. I was thinking exactly the same thing. I swear they just get random people who work at Channel 7 to commentate on stuff, because we had, in the judo, the commentator turned to whoever the... I don't even know his name. That's how I don't even know it is. He turns to the, quote, judo expert when they're trying to decide the match and says, what do those hand signals say? Now, I don't want a commentator asking the same questions as I am. <laughs> like, 
should be there saying, well, that raising the hand is an Uchimata. Clearly, he has won by 100 points. <laughs> like, I want them to be telling me, not asking the same questions I am. Like... Next, next thing you got to have the commentator next to you and go, oh, just hang on a minute there, Brett. I'll just Google that one for you. Uh, <laughs> like, like I, Colin, can we please have your comment, your events with no commentary? I want that. I'm with Jared. Yeah, just subscribe to the CBC Rio app and you'll have it. Yes. Uh, other great commentary moments. In the shooting, uh, when they're, they're obviously getting very excited for the fact we're about to win a gold medal, that they're basically cheering every single time that the New Zealand girl misses a shot. And then Russell Mark, who of course is a great Australian shooter, he did win a goal back in Atlanta. He turns around and says, you're hoping someone misses and you feel bad. I'm sure you don't feel bad, Russell, because we're going to win a gold medal, all right? Like, I'm cheering every time the New Zealand girl misses a shot. Don't be nice. Um, and then the great commentary when they go, oh, I miss. Um, like, shooting. <laughs> like, the shit of sport to commentate on. Oh, she's hit that target. Oh, she's missed. <laughs> So, but I think the standout, the standout, now, Jared, you've got to have noticed this, the Channel 7 interview techniques post-medal. We touched on this already with the fact that we've got uh, our athletes wishing people were dead and calling out drug cheats. Um, we had some more great moments from this. So, Neil Kearney, he's been around for a very long time. He always goes to the Olympics with Channel 7, gets to interview Catherine Skinner after she's won the gold medal. He turns around and goes... What did you feel when your opponent misses the targets? Catherine Skinner turns around and says, I was actually laughing at it. Uh, <laughs> so she's being honest. And then she's talking up the fact, like she's talking about her mum, her whole family was there. Great. Neil Kearney's mentioned that. So he said something like, you know, oh, what do you think your mum was thinking, Catherine? And Catherine Skinner goes, oh, I don't know what my mum was thinking. To which Neil Kearney turns, and this is said so creepily, can I just add, he says, I do. I was with her. Uh, <laughs> <so> <laughs> don't even know what that means um then we had the divers uh being interviewed about winning their bronze medal i don't even know who the girl was interviewing her she turns around and says to one of the divers annabelle smith she says what are you going to do with your bronze medal to which annabelle smith replies i'll probably sleep with it um so she's picked up at the olympics uh good job the worst moment though kylie gillies now we love her in Australia, don't we, Jared? She hosts the morning show with Larry Emder. Where's Larry? Larry should be at the Olympics, shouldn't he? He'd be good at the Olympics. Where is Larry? <laughs> Let's get to the bottom of this. He's with Richie. <laughs> Colin's so incensed that Larry he doesn't know idea who Larry Emder is. Where's Larry? <laughs> Anyway, uh, so both uh, both our female diver bronze medalists, are, they're, they're talking up, they love each other, they're best friends, all this sort of stuff. They cut back to the studio, Kylie Gilly says this exact phrase, they certainly are BFFs, bronze friends forever. <laughs> now... I don't know where they come... Do they, I mean, do they have the team from off the podium writing their jokes for them? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I'm going to leave it at that. Jared, seriously, um, what is going on with their interviews? I don't know. Yeah, every time they come on, you, you um, brace for the cringe very early on, and you know that they're just going to ask a stupid question that <laughs> most of the time doesn't relate anything to the sport that they've actually competed in. And it's just some stupid jab to make the athlete feel really uncomfortable and just ruin the interview. Yep, exactly. All right. Uh, this is our longest episode, but it's worth it. It's fun. Uh, Colin. The segment of Jared's Jousts is brought to you by Ben Waterworth. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Excuse me. Colin, uh, do we have a Canadian athlete of the day in terms of uh, their profile? Yeah, I was 
fully prepared uh, long before yesterday even started to go over Jennifer Abel or Pamela Ware who are in the diving. Um, but uh, I guess considering the big win we had in volleyball and Gavin Schmidt, uh, maybe the greatest male volleyball player Canada's ever had, we're going to go with Gavin Schmidt today, leader of Team Canada Volleyball. Gavin. And uh, <laughs> what's that? Gavin. Sorry, I just, I just know him like he's my brother. Gal- oh, Gavi. Oh, yeah. Good old Gavin. Yep. Schmitty is what we like Schmitty. to call him. Um, <laughs> so it starts with, hello, my name is Gavin Schmidt, and I am Canadian. Oh, good My start. favorite Olympic moment is, don't have one yet, will be when I arrive. <laughs> um, <laughs> if... If I could choose any Olympic host city, it would be anywhere in Canada. Oh. So two questions in. He's not very decisive. We can figure that much out. Can I just interrupt? In I my discovered spare- a new city in Canada, which I think could host the Olympics. Red Deer in Alberta. Can that host the Olympics? Why Red Deer? Because you've got an actual place called Red Deer. Like, that's the name of it. Like, I'm going to go to Red Deer today. Like, what the hell that's is that? Man. <laughs> You don't know enough about Canada to think that's impressive. We have a place here in Manitoba called Flin Flon. <laughs> wow. Oh, Flin Flon 2028, please. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're starting so the beard. Hang on, it? stop, Bress. <laughs> Fuck Hobart 2024, 2028. It's Flin Flon 2028, Summer Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to claim this is... This is Gavin Schmidt's real answer, is I would choose Flin Flon, Manitoba as the Olympic host city. (laughs) All right, so moving on. In my spare time, I most like to watch TV and cook, I guess, at the same time. This, I really want people to Google. If you want to find it, just look for, hi, my name is Team Canada, and then look up Gavin Schmidt. Draw a picture of yourself. He has drawn what looks like a grown man drooling... (laughs) Wearing a full-size bunny suit. <laughs> and the words bunny hug with an arrow pointed towards it. That's the, that's the mascot uh, there will for be Flin more... Flon 2028. A man in a bunny suit <laughs> drooling. <laughs> there will be more on this later, I promise that. Um, the weirdest instruction a coach ever gave me was, do whatever you want. My favorite workout is weightlifting in general. I want to see Gavin Schmidt get crushed underneath his weights. That would be fantastic. Um, if I could have lunch with any person, it would be Kevin Hart would be a hilarious lunch. My favorite sandwich is, this is what everybody's going to be making today, Parmesan prosciutto chicken sandwich. That does sound delicious. That does sound quite good, actually. Draw a picture of a Canadian animal. He has drawn a bunny underneath the sunshine in a tree. <laughs> this man has a thing for bunnies. I we're didn't know bunnies that. were Canadian. <laughs> I thought well, they were English. I mean... I am a Canadian man. That doesn't mean men are Canadian. He just said, draw a picture of a Canadian animal. And he said, this is a bunny in Canada. So I guess it qualifies. (laughs) Oh, this is a panda in Canada. Uh, Uh, Totally Canadian. Uh. um, If I could have any superpower, it would be teleportation. I don't know how that helps in volleyball, but maybe uh, he could be a one-man team or something. (laughs) The best candy in the world is, his answer is, not a candy guy, but anything sour. As a kid, my favorite sports team was the Chicago Bulls. My favorite sports movie is, this is a good one, Basketball. Ah, uh, yes. Now, this is the type of player I want to get behind. This We had this yesterday with uh, Emily Overholt's pizza medal. What would, be the coolest Olymp- what would the coolest Olympic medal look like? His Olympic medal is a medal with the Olympic symbols and a, somebody giving a thumbs up <laughs> underneath <laughs> it. <laughs> well, there's a medal design for Flim Flon. Give a th- thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, if I could live anywhere in the world, it would be honestly anywhere in Canada. We're going to claim that as Flin Flon, Yep, yep. Uh, when I was little, I always thought that they were called bunny hugs. And he puts in brackets, he's referring to hoodies. Now we understand the grown man in the bunny suit. What is with the bunny suit? A hoodie incision? is a bunny hug. I don't know. And I've never heard anybody refer to it as a bunny hug. But he thought hoodies were called bunny hugs. <laughs> of course. So, um, my favorite joke to tell is any good dad joke. And this, I don't understand what had most of the athletes do this. Write this sen- sentence in cursive, and they put live your passion, which I guess is the, the, the catchphrase for this Olympics. So he had to write live your passion in cursive. The funny thing about this, again, Google it if, if you want. Hi, my name is Gavin Schmidt, Team Canada. He, he started writing live your passion and had to cross it out. So I'm <laughs> guessing his cursive is not so good. And then he finished and corrected it properly, live your passion in cursive. Wow. Okay, his passion is bunnies. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Live your passion. He was starting to write bunnies, bunnies. (laughs) And then he had to cross it out. No, live your passion. I've just just quickly Googled Flin Flon, um, just really quickly. Uh, The fact that it's named after the fictional character of Hosea Flin Tabity Flontaine. Uh, So... (laughs) (laughs) There's a giant statue. That ceremony is going to be epic. There's a giant statue of this guy on some rocks as you enter the town, apparently. Hey, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you been to Flin Flon? I have never been to Flin Flon, oh. no. Uh, it's not number one on my destination chart. Until 2028. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this year, the population of 5,363 live in Manitoba and 229 in Saskatchewan. Uh, so it's right on the border. It'll be a co- like a how do Manitoba state. and Saskatchewan get along there, Colin? Are they gonna are they gonna co-share these games? We get along about as well as Australia and New Zealand. So <laughs> oh, I don't see that great. happening. This is great. Wow, we've we've started something here, right? Let's. I'm just looking here. The mayor, uh, Cal Huntley, wasn't he on the Titanic? Didn't he um, like have Rose stolen away from him by? Uh, Oh, that's Cal Hockley. Wrong one. Anyway, um, okay. Oh, no, that was Josiah Flynn Tabity Flanagan. <laughs> Former great Olympian from <laughs> the town. Uh, fan <laughs> messages from Australia, uh, from the official Australian Olympic app. I haven't seen ours posted yet. I'm so devastated. Um, but let's go along here. Uh, from Kathy Walker in New South Wales to Catherine Skinner, our latest gold medalist. Wow! Congratulations. That's all it says. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, Nick Bradley to Anna Mears. Just watched opening ceremony, followed up by off-the-record interview with Bruce McAvaney. Hello, Bruce. You're my favourite all-time athlete. You impresses me... No, sorry, hang on. You impresses on me with how you epitomises the best qualities in what we hope from all Olympians and the fact you consistently deliver on the world's biggest stage. You are one of the best ever athletes in the world. <laughs> Great. Ben, you could admit it. You messed up because you were trying to read it because he wrote it in cursive, weren't you? <laughs> yes, so many bunny references. Um, <laughs> so many going on there. Uh, to Annabelle Smith from Doug, New South Wales. Great job, girls. Bronze medal. Keep it up. Go Aussie diving team. Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. Great. Okay. <laughs> it's all the one saying, I hope you don't get hurt. That's um, just wrong. <laughs> where, where, where was the third Aussie? <laughs> exactly. Aussie, Aussie, oi, oi, oi. That doesn't work. I'm a little bit disgusted by that. Here's one from Mrs. Port, Hobart, Tasmania. Where's my son? Um, all right, that's that's one. <laughs> 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 See, that joke went... 
fuck going on here? Oh, hang on. Here's one. Oh, hang on. This is, this is dangerous. Somebody's trying to steal my wife away from Journey Jean Betty Young in New South Wales to Britt Elmsley. Good job yesterday in your relay with Bronte Kate Emma and you keep up the good work, followed by four question marks. Um, <laughs> I don't know. No, no, I just have to say how I read that. I heard, where's my son? <laughs> and I'm thinking like Mel Gibson in Ransom. And then you're like, oh, here's another one. <laughs> is it like where is my wife or something like that and i'm like is everybody in australia getting kidnapped over these olympics <laughs> i'll put a hit out on anybody who talks to my wife um he's... give me back my wife <laughs> i know who you are i know what you do i will find you <laughs> he's <one> from <laughs> bailey in victoria to patty mills hi you are a great player I would like to be there and watch you and support you while you play. So would all of Rio's. You actually got a fan. Um, okay. Um, Jack from Victoria to Maddie Delavadova. Hi, my name is Jack. Or you can call me J-Mac. Hope you win games for us. From J-Mac. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Good job, J-Mac. <laughs> Maddie Della, he's going to call you J-Mac. And I hope he wins games for us too. Uh-oh, hang on. Here's another one stealing my wife away. <laughs> Hold on. Who was that? I, I, I need to know. Which athlete was that too? That's to uh, Maddie Delavadova, a basketballer. Plays for the... Uh... All right. So when Australia wins in basketball, I want Maddie Delatolova to stand up and say, I did this for you, J-Mac. <laughs> J-Mac. For you. This is all for you, J-Mac. <laughs> Ali M from New South Wales to my future Mrs. Waterworth, Britt Helmsley. Brittany, you are my idol, and I was jumping up and down when you and the girls won gold, followed by a lot of question marks. I don't know what's wrong with the Australian Olympic app. There's lots of question marks. Can't wait to see you swim again. Lots of hugs from all of us. Oh, isn't that sweet? Get off my wife. Um, and finally... <laughs> Lucas from Victoria to Elizabeth Cambage, who I think she's a Rugby Sevens player. Hi, Elizabeth. Be the best you can be in Rio. Obviously nowhere else, just Rio. Go Aussie from your new friend, Lucas, 10 years old. Oh, look at that. She's made a friend. She's going to win a medal. This is for you, Lucas. <laughs> so, yes, who, who are we going to give a message out today? Are we, are we going to stalk old Matt Horton or shall we... Um, Give us a sport. What what sport are we at today, Jared? Um, I kind of think those judo players need some love. I mean, they don't know what they're doing. Their sport doesn't make sense. All right, let's go. Okay, so the judo. Well, this is actually quite a large contingent of Australian judo people. Uh, Jake, what, what was that move that we we called the Canadian move? The Uchimata. The Uchimata, yeah. Right. <laughs> can you just write the message? Whoever's do, can you just write to lay down the Uchimata? <laughs> love J Mac. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, okay, before we do that, who are we going to send it to? Jake Benstad, Ian Coughlin, Miranda Giambi, Catherine Heckler, Josh Katz, Nathan Katz, or Chloe Rayner? Who's our favourite? <laughs> it's a tough choice. They're all which, which, stars. Which of the Katz is the younger brother? Uh, well, Nathan is the one who lost yesterday, so maybe he needs a bit of love. Although Josh, Josh. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go Nathan. He looks very serious in his... Um, <laughs> send a fa- so hang on, all right, so... Uh, your name, um, J Mac. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is great pod. Again, just like seriously, stop listening to us. Listen to Roy and HG. Um, they're probably like doing some commentary right now, which is funny. 
Um, so, what's is there a Canadian Olympic podcast, Colin? Um, so, or is it just a podcast of uh-huh. people, li- a former Olympian, listening to a podcast? Yeah, <laughs> we have we have old podcasters listening to Off the Podium. That's what the Canadian competition is. Donovan Bailey. Oh, that was great, eh? Yeah. Lay down an Uchi. Oh, apparently, autocorrect makes that Locky. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what Uchi... That's probably a judo term as well. <laughs> Lay down an Uchi Mata from your new friend J-Mac. Uh, yeah. <laughs> done. Oh, do we want to sign up for exclusive e-newsletters? No, we don't, AOC. Thank you very much. Um, done. Nathan Katz has already been eliminated, but he will get that and be prepared for Tokyo. Uh, so, thank you for that. Um... All right, well, looking ahead to day three, it's already started. We're recording this on day three. There's 14 gold medals up for grabs today. Uh, the epic gold medal uh, of Rugby Sevens, which Australia will win. Uh, we're going to lose this so badly to Canada. You watch now. Um, <laughs> swimming, we mentioned before, a couple of Aussies in there. Now, I just discovered Mitch Larkin and Emily Seabom are actually a couple, apparently. They're both in their respective 100-metre backstroke finals. I'm nicknaming them the Backstroke Bonkers. Uh, so, um, go the backstroke bonkers in their respective finals. Um, <laughs> so we've got a couple of these in the heats of the 200 free. Bronte Barrett and Emma McKee in there. Sam Stozer is up again today, uh, up against the great Japanese Masaki Doi. Um, you know a lot about Masaki there, do you, Jared? Um, not a whole lot. Sam's lost to her before, but she's lost to just about any, everybody. <laughs> lost to so, me um, once. <laughs> yeah, you- you never know what Sam you're going to get, so let's hope that she can hit the ball on the strings. Our Olympic record holder of the double bagel, John Millman, plays Kay Nishikori. Thank you, Ben. Uh, and Miss Balshard is up today. Is she not Colin? I think she'll lose. I mean, win yep. today. <laughs> she's had one singles and one doubles win, so uh, she's due to lose at some point, I figure. Speaking of losing, Caroline Wozniacki's playing today as well, so um, she'll be up. Uh, <laughs> the Hockey Roos play the USA. I think that's happening right now as we record this match. I couldn't tell you the score because it's probably against the uh, rights for the Olympics, I don't know. Um, one of our great medal hopes for Australia, Jess Fox, in the uh, canoe slalom. She won silver in London. Um, and she, she's future wife material. She's a very um, nice-looking girl. Um, I sound so creepy. Why have I turned into, like, some massive creep? Um, <laughs> going back to the Norwegian virgins, Jared. Um, there's a blast from the past from the Oz Network. Uh, our water polo team loses to Hungary today. Uh, the Boomers play Serbia. Um, and sailing starts today. Ooh, aren't we all excited oh. for that? And only 10 days to modern pentathlon. What's going on for Canada today, Colin? Have we already talked about that? I can't remember what we've talked about in this episode. Uh, I think it's just rugby, really. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure there's some more diving going on today. I don't know is, what event yes. it is. And Yeah, I, I think rowing again, CBC, they usually list about three or four different Olympics in the uh, sports in the, the description. And two days in a row, all they've shown is just rowing in the morning. And right now, I'm looking at a replay of our gymnastics flop from last night. So <laughs> I don't know how good the weather is right now in Rio. Well, it's, it's just looking here, too, at the schedule here, Colin. We're only about four days away from trampolining beginning as well. So, ho-ho! Yes! Rosie McLennan! Getting closer. Wow, you might win a, another silver. Um, so... <laughs> 
before before we sign off, uh, as always, our Facebook page is uh, Off the Podium Podcast, um, and we're on YouTube as well. But special shout out to iTunes and just our downloads in general. We cracked over six hundred downloads of episode three yesterday. Clearly, because Warren HG didn't have an episode yesterday. So um, thanks to everyone who downloaded us. Uh, we that managed to make us one hundred and one on the amateur sports chart on iTunes. Thank you, and we've now oh. reached three iTunes comments. I mean, I think that's enough that I can actually read them on air. <laughs> Go for it. Why not? This episode hasn't gone long enough. Um, I think we already read the first one. After taking a hiatus from Survivor Rolls and no new episodes of Euros Vision, which I'm still sad about, it's nice to hear Ben back on the airways. Thank- I think that was from Catherine. Thanks, Catherine. Um, and we got one here. Ben, Colin, and Jared have a lot of fun watching the Olympics, particularly Jared and the Bat Horse. Uh, no serious commentary, just the fun that you would have chatting with friends on the couch watching all the events. Well, that's all you need to think of us as. That's from Colowina. Um, that's good made-up name there, Jared. Thanks. For We're sorry. Ben butchers everybody's name. <laughs> yes, because when I type them in on iTunes, they don't. I can't spell them very well. Um, well, just think of us like we're on the couch watching the Olympics with you, and maybe we'll come over to your house and watch the Olympics with you because we don't have anything better to do. And one here from John John eighty one. Gold, gold, gold. So good. Love hearing their take on Rio. Light-hearted and funny. Deserves a gold for their efforts. The Thomas Bark comedy is gold, and the Ooh I Want to Take It is awesome. Bring on more. Oh, look at that. Aren't we good at making up names on our iTunes profiles? How beautiful. Thank you, everybody. We but really, we wanna, we, we'd want we we like a silver, I suppose, instead of a gold. Well, exactly. We yeah, need... that's right. The gold clearly wasn't aimed at this side of the podcast. Yes, exactly, exactly. Give it to Canada. Um, Jared, thank you uh, again for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. But uh, as always, appreciate your insight. And um, I wish you best of luck today uh, with finding Richie Port. Yep, um... It's getting more and more difficult each day, but, you know, um, that's that's on the list of things to do. Bat Horse is, is probably going to be in the cross-country, so I'm going to try and scope out his, his real identity. <laughs> and, Colin, uh, as always, appreciate your time, and um, I look forward to seeing the progress of the Flynn Flan Organising Committee of the Olympic Games, or for FOCOG, um, which will no be set up in the next 24 hours. Let's do it uh, in the memory of Josiah Flintabity Flanatin. Um <laughs> It's the legacy he wanted to leave us. Uh, thank you for everybody tuning in. Uh, I think this episode has definitely made us all PFFs, podcast friends forever. Um, and I'm I'm actually just going to go ahead on Tinder and try and hook up with a bronze medal as well. So uh, thanks to everybody for tuning in and from all of us here at Off the Podium, uh, have a good night and uh, let's look forward to plenty more action on day three.